And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you guys for tuning in to this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Your Toronto Raptors fall in this game. 106 for the Raps, 120 for the Boston Celtics. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game, which you can find streaming on Instagram Live. You can find streaming on Twitter as well as YouTube and on Twitch. Check out the new Twitch stream. We got you covered there. On Blast Podcast is the address for that. And of course, send in your comments and questions. We take your comments and questions because this is your show, Raptors fans. We're here to discuss... A tough loss for the Toronto Raptors, but something some people call a schedule loss, if that makes sense. I'll explain momentarily, but again, you just know, if you ever miss a podcast live, you, we got you covered wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, or on YouTube. We don't ask for much, we just ask for a like and subscribe, and hey, your comments along the way to join the show. Because this is for you, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Remember, wrap it up, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And here's the thing, I mentioned the schedule loss. Really, it's kind of simple, right? Even in, in this season, which is crazier than others just because of the pandemic, obviously the season started a little later, so they're going to try to squeeze in the same amount of games, or I guess 10 less games, 72-game season, but you're squeezing in a bunch of games in a shorter amount of time. So you're going to have segments of the schedule where it's just going to get tough. And the Raptors in this game, the second night of a back-to-back, their fifth game in seven days. But this is just the nature of what the NBA is this season. And every team is dealing with this and more when you add in all the COVID safety protocols and all that stuff going on guys in and out of the lineup so it's just a tough season all the way around and this is a game where it showed because even for the Boston Celtics they looked tired as well as they were playing the first game back at home after a long west coast road trip so either way you're getting two tired teams either way you're looking at this game and saying you know what if you're the Toronto Raptors and you look at it and you think You've now come back from this road trip, right? Four and two. And you look at it and you say the two games that you lost were the two games on the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, you kind of got to take that if you're the Toronto Raptors and you're looking at this and saying, okay, well, what went wrong here? Sorry, five and two, my bad. Nope, that one's a home game. So they've, they're really five and two in their last seven, but in terms of the road trip, four and two right? Your two losses, again, second night of a back-to-back when you had to go from Brooklyn to the Hawks to Atlanta, obviously, and then from Washington to the Celtics. And again, every team has to deal with this stuff. So it's not it's not a thing that's only about the Raptors. It's okay. It's a thing where you kind of, if you looked ahead at the schedule, you could almost pencil that in as a schedule loss. It happens. That's just one of those nights. So you look at this game and you say, okay, well, what do you take away from this game? Because here's the other part. Yeah, 120 to 106 looks on paper like a blowout. And, you know, 
probably was. But when you look at the game closely and you see what's going on, if you ask yourself, or if I were to tell you, okay, so the Raptors played the Boston Celtics, obviously the same team they met up with last year in the playoffs, obviously a team that, you know, the Raptors struggle to beat. If you even go back to last season, the Celtics have blown out the Raptors in multiple occasions, right? So if I tell you there's a game against the Celtics and Jason Tatum finishes with 17 points, 5 of 13 shooting, okay? Jalen Brown finishes with 12 points on 3 of 14 shooting. One would assume that if you're the Raptors, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. Again, the Celtics' two best players, they're going to have two all-stars, Jalen Brown having the best season of his career, Tatum, we know he's taking the leap, but you hold those two guys to 5 of 13 and 3 of 14 respectively from the floor, you would assume the Raptors had a pretty good chance to win this game. But then what if I tell you about two dudes that you might not be familiar with unless you're a serious basketball head, but Semi Ojale comes into this game averaging four points per game. I'm going to repeat that. Semi Ojale, oh, I don't want to cheat him. 4.8 points per game. Don't want to cheat him, right? Get your Semi. My guy comes out in this game and puts up 24 points. Their rookie, the Boston rookie, who at the start of the year, a lot of people were kind of questioning this pick, but Peyton Pritchard, who when he was in the lineup from the start of the season was doing really well for this team, he got hurt and now he's back and kind of seems to pick up right where he left off. Finishes with 20 points. So again, you hold Tatum and Brown to not good shooting nights, 17 points and 12 points respectively, but you give up 24 points to Semi Ojale and 20 points to Peyton Pritchard. And that's kind of where the Raptors lose this game between that and it's all threes. Both Pritchard and Ojale finish six of eight from three-point land. Boston as a team shot 20 for 39. That's 51% from three. And again, the scoreline makes it seem a lot worse than what the majority of the game really was, but the Toronto Raptors were able to keep it close because they dominated the points in the paint. And this game, from the get-go, I mean, you could tell the Raps were kind of tired. They were down 15-4 early, and normally it's up to Norm. We've seen Norm actually put in work in the first quarters. He got off to seven points early, but really it was Kyle Lowry keeping the Raptors in the game early on. And Kyle was being aggressive, going to the basket, whether he was finishing himself or passing it off to someone else. Kyle Lowry came out with the purpose, especially once he realized that the Celtics were out to a big lead early. So after one quarter, the Celtics were up 34 to 29. Lowry had 10, Kemba had eight, but also Pritchard had eight points. So the Raptors still hanging around, hanging around. Kyle Lowry doing his thing. He cuts the lead, cuts into that lead. Him and Pritchard are trading threes to keep it close. And the thing with Kyle Lowry, Pritchard has to guard somebody. And Kyle Lowry's going to look up at Pritchard and take him to the cup every single time. And that's what Kyle Lowry did in this game. He started off really well, but the Raptors as a team started off 0-5 from three. And while the Celtics, at that same point in the game, had 10 made threes, that's just going to be tough for the Toronto Raptors when you're not shooting threes and the other team is. It's just math. It's going to be difficult for you to catch up and come back. Then add into the fact that in the middle of that first quarter, Ojale and Pritchard 
combined for 7 of 9 from 3 early on, and that was the difference. 19 first-half points for Semi Ojale, and again, he only averages 4 points per game this season. Pascal did all he could, and, and I really wanted to see how Pascal Siakam would play in this game because I like paying attention to what happens in the big boy games. We know Boston is a big boy game for the Raptors because we've seen it going back to the bubble. We know Jalen Brown does a really good job in guarding Siakam. And I thought overall, Siakam did a really good job in this game. He picked his spots well. He was going to the basket well. He didn't force too much from three. 23 points on eight of 14 shooting for Siakam. That's a pretty good night. It's a pretty good night. I think if you're looking at this, though, from a fan perspective or a team perspective, you might need more than a pretty good night from Pascal Siakam to beat the Boston Celtics. And he played well, so that's not a knock. It's just the realization of what it takes if you are indeed going to compete with the big boy teams in the Eastern Conference. So the Celtics, again, 12 of 20 from three in the first half. Nine of those 12 threes came from Pritchard and Ojale. They closed that first half on an 8-1 to one run. The only reason the Raptors were even close in this game was because in that first half, the Raptors finished shooting 58% from the floor, while the Celtics, again, were shooting 60% from three. Boston up 10, Ojale with 19, Pritchard with 14, and we're talking about Tatum and Brown struggling in terms of scoring or getting their shots off. Well, here's the thing. In that first half, they combined for 13 assists. So even though they weren't scoring, they're finding a way to get the job done. And now the second half, I mean, it was tough. The, the Celtics just continued to rain threes. Kemba starts to get hot. The Celtics at one point were 16 of 24 from three. Kemba was hitting like bank shots, bank shot three-pointers. They were up to 65% from three. Like that's just insane, right? Meanwhile, while that's going on, the Raptors are just missing chip shots at the rim. Norman Powell missed about three or four shots right in the paint, had a shot blocked maybe once or twice, at least twice, pardon me, and I know it was uh, Thice who was up there blocking shots, and it's funny where because you look at it, Celtics are hitting threes, Raptors can't even make layups. And Leo talked about it on the game on the game broadcast, just talking about tired legs. And when you see guys missing layups, that's your legs. Also, you're just an inability to go up and finish strong. Because I was getting nightmares just thinking back to Norman Powell getting blocked in Game Seven against the Celtics. That's all that kept coming back into my mind as I see Norm get blocked <laughs> against the glass again. And so. At one point, you'd like to see them go up and maybe finish with a dunk. Siakam even missed a breakaway layup. And you saw the look on his face as he was walking off the court. You could tell the Raps just didn't have it. That was the game. But you look for silver linings. You look for bright spots in tough games like this. And I think the fact that for the most part, at least through three quarters, the Raptors, even though they didn't have it, they still kept fighting and playing defense. But this game got really ugly in that third quarter. There was a span where the Raptors and Celtics combined to miss 17 consecutive shots, going scoreless for nearly four minutes. For those scoring at home, that's I'm not even going to go through that stat. That's a little too much. But here's the thing. Again, missed 17 consecutive shots, going scoreless for nearly four minutes. And it was ugly. It was back and forth, back and forth, people missing layups. 
I don't know. Like, I looked up and thought, oh, okay, they're only down eight after three quarters. They still had a chance. But no. Kyle was doing all he could. Kyle was trying to, you know, bring the team on his back. He couldn't be stopped. Pascal couldn't be stopped either. Raps had a 7-0 run to cut the lead to seven at one point. But then they just ran out of gas. Baines was missing more chippies. Baines finally got fourth quarter minutes, which he hadn't been getting for a long time. But Nurse decided to roll with him in this game. And he was doing okay until he wasn't. And then he was missing chippies at the rim. Which, you know, he missed two chippies at the rim. Norm misses at the rim again. And then Kemba comes down and buries a three. That pretty much, folks, was the ball game. Again, Raptors lose 120 to 106. And second night of a back-to-back, fifth game in seven days. It's a tough run, but the reality is that's just the NBA at this point. Again, high scorer in the game, Semi Ojale with 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3. Also 6 of 8 from 3, Peyton Pritchard, who finished with 20 points in this game. Kemba Walker also had 21. He was okay. Hit some shots early. We mentioned, though, Jalen Brown with only 12 points on 3 of 14 shooting. Jalen Brown had 10 assists in this game. Jason Tatum had 9 assists in this game. That is the signs of all-star players and a good team that just finds a way to win when maybe they don't have it, maybe their stars don't have it, but other guys step up. Just an insane performance from the Boston Celtics. And the Raptors on their side, Kyle Lowry tried. He tried all he could. 10 of 15 from Kyle for 24 points in this game, 6 assists. If you're looking for where the struggles came from, Fred Van Fleet, 2 of 9 in this game. He had 5 points, 11 assists for Freddie, which was pretty good, right? Getting everyone else involved. But the Raps just ran out of gas. Pascal Siakam, great game from him, 23 points, 8 of 14. And then there's Norman Powell, finished with 15 points, but of 6 of 15 shooting. 15 shots for 15 points, not really where Norm has been as of late. And we know that there's whispers that OG might be back soon. So yeah, that storyline continues for sure. But again, Raptors fall and... They fall 120 to 106. And as always, if you follow this podcast, you know it's time to take your viewer comments and questions. And, you know, the thing here from the Toronto Raptors point of view to me is that you just got to figure out that at the end of the day, five games in seven days, all road games, you don't have OG Ananobi, you have your losses coming on the second night of a back-to-back. I mean... All things considered, not that bad. And listen, when you start 2 of 8, when you don't really, like, let's be honest. The Raptors don't have championship aspirations this season. They want to make some noise in the playoffs, best case scenario. So sometimes you look at it and, hey, you take that, you take what this game was and the reality of what this game or what this season is. Sometimes you have to look for moral victories. You got to look for silver linings. And that's just the reality of what the Raptors are at this point. But you take the good job, good effort, and you look and move on to their next game, which is against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which you hope should be a win. Let's get to some comments here. I'll start out on Twitter. And here's a a comment on Twitter. If only... Uh, let's see. I can only imagine how hard it is to play on a back-to-back. We used to win, though. Shouldn't be an excuse. 
That's a great point. But the thing I will urge you to remember is when the Raptors were winning on back-to-backs and it didn't really matter, their team had depth. And that was really the key to the Raptors team at that point. You have depth. So if, you know, Fred has a bad shooting night or you think of that team, if Kawhi had a bad shooting night, which not really sure how much that existed that season, but if he did, Pascal could pick up the slack, right? Serge could pick up the slack and drop 20. Kyle could pick up the slack and drop 20. Now, when you remove Serge, you remove Kawhi, like that's two guys that could give you 20 points on any given night, right? So it's just tough. It's just a difficult situation, but yeah. The sign of a really, really good team is how they perform on back-to-backs. And, you know, it's just tough for the Raptors at this point when they're dealing with depth issues at full strength, but then add in your missing OG Ananobi, it just makes it even tougher. Let's get some comments on Instagram. I will switch over to the Instagram crew here. I'm scrolling up to the top. And while I scroll here, uh, Dio's mom says, not worried, but man, Baines is bad. Fred had a dead quiet night and Norm ran out of gas. Uh, totally. Norman Powell, he was on a pretty good run. I think it was eight of his last nine games. He'd scored at least 20 points. This game, he only finishes with 15 and it's tough. That's another part of this season is how you're managing your body, how you're recovering, how you're resting, how you're getting your body prepared for what this grueling schedule is where you do have stints where there's a lot more back-to-backs. You have a lot more back-to-backs and you have a lot more, you know, weird things like this where you're getting, you're playing five games in seven nights. That's just tough. And it's going to be tough for anyone involved as well. And everyone in the league is struggling with it. Everyone in the league is struggling with just what you see now in terms of this weird schedule for the Toronto Raptors. More comments though. I'll switch to YouTube for one. Uh, Patrim says the refs suck. Fred Van Fleet, horrible game. We need a center. So it's funny. My guy, Jerome, in one of our group texts, he always brings up the fact that when Fred plays bad, no one really talks about it. And I find that very interesting because it, I mean, it's kind of true. Like when Pascal has a bad game, we hear about it. Freddie, if you go through his box score every once in a while, there's one of these duds that pop up. And no one really says anything about it. Now, it's because we probably like Freddie a lot more. <laughs> it's because Freddie is still, you know, doing other things. As mentioned, tonight he had 11 assists. But it's just interesting to pay attention to stuff like that as well. In terms of how we, we view Freddie and Pascal going forward. And obviously we know Pascal's the max money guy. Freddie isn't. But still. Glow Girl Smile says, did Baines forget how to play basketball, was screaming so loud for missing bunnies, which ruined the momentum, he's rested, no excuse. <laughs> Boucher also missed both free throws when they were closing in. Uh, that's true. You can't miss free throws. As I always say, they're free points, hence free throws. Uh, Aaron Baines, yeah, we. I, I don't want to beat up on Aaron Baines every single night. I talk about Aaron Baines and the Raptors struggles. We kind of know about it already. And Baines, I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point, right? The The big question still remains, what happens when OG comes back? Are you going to go small? Are you still going to ride with Baines as a starter? Do you make the switch to Boucher? I've already stated I'm on board with going small. Uh, Baines, yeah, I'd have him come off the bench in spurts. 
I would save him for matchups against like Embiid or if you have to guard the Lopez twin uh, against the Bucks. But other than that, the Baines experience, I'm not here for it. But at least he's not shooting threes. I'll say that much. Tanner says, it was nice to see Pascal against the Celtics D. I agree. It was really good to see Pascal uh, just have a solid performance where he was aggressive and he maintained what he'd been doing such a good job of late, as of late, which is taking it to the cup, going to the basket, not settling at all for anything other than going to the cup. And when he does that, and especially when, you know, they put someone like Grant Williams on him, you look at that and you say, okay, so why is it that, you know, they're even settling with Grant Williams on Pascal Siakam, right? That's a thing to me that was super weird, but hey, credit Siakam for looking up and saying, this is not a thing that I'm going to allow. I'm not going to allow you to guard me with guys like Grant Williams. That's not that's not going to work. And if you remember back to the playoffs, Pascal really struggled with that, right? Whoever was guarding him from the Celtics, Pascal really struggled and didn't he struggled to get things going. And positive signs. You got to take silver linings and one of the silver linings for sure is Pascal Siakam's better play. I'm get to some more comments though on YouTube. Um Bob says Actually, let me stick with this question here. Why do they only call moving screens on the Raptors? Every single screen Dice sets is moving. I don't think that they do call every single moving screen on the Raptors. I think we just notice every single moving screen they call on the Raptors because that's the team you're cheering for. And as I always say, I think the refs are just bad all the time. But in fairness, moving screens is one of those calls that you could make every single time down the floor it's a tough call to make it's very tough to make so not that i'm making excuses for the refs i'm just saying it's not as simplistic as that um let's see bob says don't even get me started with the push-off that tatum does on every drive that guy can't get separation from the defense without giving them a push refs never call that but they call a foul when boston play players trip on themselves yeah, I'm not really the one here to, to blame the refs. I will say I'll agree with you in the sense that, yeah, Tatum, as a superstar does in the league, you get away with a little bit more than you probably should, but I don't think it was anything that egregious. You know what I mean? Like, that's not why the Raptors won. Like, Tatum isn't the reason why the Raptors won. Tatum is barely the reason why the Celtics won, if we're being honest, right? Uh, K2's Garnett says, uh, broken record, we need Bane's... We need a Baines miss two layups, and if he makes them, it changes the game. Totally agree, and it, it's just tough. Uh, he continues and says, also, Powell needs to be have better awareness of the game of the game down seven. Getting stops but can't buy a bucket, takes two bad shots in transition, reminded me of last year's game seven. Totally agree, and I said that earlier. I agree. I was getting flashbacks to him being blocked by Marcus Smart at the end of game seven and Norm I mean Norm when he's confident Norm isn't really passing the ball like we're aware of that right like we know what Norm is about Norm is about getting busy getting shots up that's kind of what Norm's whole MO is and you know you want to see him you do it's, it's a fine line 
because you want them to be aggressive. You want them to stay aggressive, but you also don't want them to, you know, force things. And maybe one of those possessions where the raps were flying up and down, maybe the move was to kind of chill, hit pause for a sec, and kind of slow things down. But hey, at the end of the day, as someone here on Instagram, I think that says, Amir, pardon me if I'm mispronouncing that, says they were just tired. And sometimes it's that simple. There are, like, the schedule loss is a real, real thing. Um, shouts to the people on Instagram. Really appreciate you guys. The OGs, the regulars on Instagram. Again, if you are on the Instagram feed, just know you can go to Twitch or you go can go to YouTube to see the full set instead of this crazy zoomed in on my face and a, a ring light that's in the, the monitor behind me. But the full set, the main feed, the proper audio, you can go to YouTube or you can go to uh, Twitch or Twitter, whichever one. And for YouTube and Twitch, you don't even need to sign up. You just click on the link. Just search On Blast Podcast on both and boom, click to my page, which is under Sheldon Alexander on YouTube and bam, you got the full show. You can even put it up on your TV, watch it on your big screen. Why not? Leonardo says, despite the fact that this game was somewhat close, it feels like the Celtics are a kryptonite. I mean, it does... I mean, I can't lie. I kind of have that feeling. And I wasn't feeling really confident coming into this game. I totally, I, I agree with that. The Celtics, it's just a tough matchup for the Raps. Because you have to remember that the Celtics, uh, as my guy Rash <laughs> chimes in here on uh, YouTube, and he says, the Celtics are pretty good. Yes, the Celtics are pretty good. But the thing that makes it a tough matchup for the Raptors is the strength of the Celtics, Tatum and Brown, are long athletic wings with really good guard skills, meaning they can handle, they can shoot the three, they can get to the basket. And the players that do the same things on the Raptors are just smaller than those guys, right? Kyle, Fred, Norm. So that means it's a tough matchup. It's just a tough matchup going against the Boston Celtics if you're the Toronto Raptors. And that's why we've seen these results play out more often than not against these two teams. So, Either way, big win for the Celtics, tough loss for the Raps. Celtics come out victorious in this one as they win 120 to 106. And if you're the Toronto Raptors, it's okay. As mentioned, I'm sure you've heard it over and over again, and you'll continue to hear it over and over again as the Raptors lose on the second night of a back to back, playing their fifth game in five nights. Or sorry, fifth game, fifth game in five nights. That'd be crazy. They're playing their fifth game in seven nights, pardon me. And the Raptors fall to the Boston Celtics, their arch nemesis. But again, they do a really good job on defense, guarding Jalen Brown, guarding Jason Tatum. The problem was Semi Ojale, 24 points, 6 of 8 from 3. Peyton Pritchard, 20 points, 6 of 8 from 3. The Raptors had no answer for those guys. And the Raptors had no answer for the Boston Celtics from three-point land as the Celtics finish shooting 51% from three. When that's happening, it's going to be tough to beat anybody in the NBA. But the Raptors fall to 12-14. and 14. They get a nice game as they return, quote-unquote, home. But as we know, the Raptors are playing mostly all, well, not mostly, all road games this season. So they head back to Tampa Bay their fake home this season to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. Hopefully the Raptors will be able to get a win and hopefully you guys will be right back here with me to discuss 
hopefully, a Raptors victory. <laughs> we are here live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Like and subscribe on YouTube. That's where you get an alert. Look for Sheldon Alexander, that page on YouTube. Sign up. That way you get an alert whenever I'm on live. And you can tune in and watch the show. Send in your comments and questions and be a part of this. The Wrap It Up On Blast postgame show. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. We talk everything Raptors after each and every game. Live on YouTube. Live on Twitch. Live on Twitter. And in case you missed the show live, we got you covered. After that, a few hours later... You'll find us up on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. But as always, thank you. The way that you pay us back for the platform is just through your likes, just through your shares, just through your telling of your friends. Share the love that is the Toronto Raptors as the quest to get back to 500 continues. I had to talk earlier with one of my boys at work, Trizzy, and we were talking about when do you start looking at, this, at the actual standings. And I said, not until you get above 500. Because you know as long as you're at 500, you're going to be in the playoffs in the East. So the goal after starting to evade is just get to 500 and then get above. Raps had a chance to get there tonight, but they couldn't quite get there. It's all right. 12 and 14, you're two games under. You got a good chance to get right back there. And hopefully you guys have a good chance to get right back here with me on Sunday. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and on YouTube, Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe. Give me a follow. Find more of the content that is of the Wrap It Up podcast, part of the On Blast podcast network. As I close each and every episode, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is a Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya!